You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast, bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now, your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast. We'll be talking about the Utah Bowl game, maybe some possible coaching changes, and finish up with some running Utes basketball. So let's get started. I'm Cameron. We got Ryan. Merry Christmas, Ute Nation. And Scott. Nothing. <laughs> All right. We've been away for a couple weeks, getting ready. You know, Thanksgiving, the holidays are coming up. Christmas is around the corner. We finally got back together. Let's talk a little bit. And it feels so good. Utah against Indiana in the Kraft Foods. I don't even know what it is anymore. It's the Foster Farms Bowl. Foster Farms. You know your bowl isn't very good when it doesn't really have a name. It's the Hillshire Farms Sausage and <laughs> Cheese Bowl. Can I have an egg McMuffin? <laughs> I mean, hey, it's against a Big Ten team. A P5. It's six and six, and all of their wins are against teams below 500. Sort of like a team Sounds down like south. I going to say the same thing. But honestly, I, I would rather play a six and six P5 Big Ten than. I'd a rather G5. be in the Rose Bowl, but that's just me. Touche. <laughs> we were close. Story of our lives. But then November hit. The dreaded November, where we. Hold firmly to our necks and proceed to choke. Man, what is up with that? I mean, I don't want to, It's been so long, it's hard to go back and hash that out. But it's actually... It's been three weeks since we've done a podcast because we've just started to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> so, I you know, Whittingham talked after the season that he's reviewing kind of everything and coaching changes may happen, may not... Let's hope they do. There is. I don't think we see anything. Maybe. Well, let me uh, say. I don't. I don't think an OC change. No, I don't. Th- I don't think an OC change is coming our way. If you look at it, Harding isn't going anywhere. And technically, Harding. I don't think we've ever gotten real clarification, but it, it seems as if Harding is the lead OC. He makes final decisions. Everything on ESPN during the games or on Fox. They always say the play calling is Harding. Well, yes, exactly. <laughs> now, obviously, play calling uh, does fall to A-Rod on that, which is just where a lot of frustration lies. But um, you, it is interesting this, this week. It comes out that uh, um, Williams has been playing with a, a sprained MCL all season long, yet we felt the need to continue to do quarterback draw plays all season. So figure Harder that options. one out. I, I didn't – and, well – the options, the uh, the QB uh, read option that was just horribly run all season long. So read read into that as you will, but there's definitely uh, um, some improvement that needs to continue to be done offensively for the program. But I don't think you're going to see any changes. I think Harding set in place. Um, I really, which I don't. I think he should stick around. I mean, he's done a heck of a job with the offensive line. Well, and recruiting, overall, too. And he's, recruiting. he's probably turned in one of our best coaches, recruiting-wise. And so um, he brings a lot to the table. He's still a young coach. Um, I think most of the frustration lies with the play calling and the passing game, not so much the run game. 
So that's where the the targets on the back on a rod. But uh, I, I'd be surprised at this point if we do see anything um, with uh, with a rod or even Whittingham making a decision on that. So Christmas is around the corner. If you could ask Santa for one coaching change, what would you guys ask for? A quarterbacks coach, plain right. and simple. The quarterbacks coach is high on my list, but he, I would. If we're talking just what we, we what we could change for this past season, offensive production in the red zone. That's where we lost. I don't all think of there, our games. I don't think there's a coach for that. <laughs> no, but hey, no, <laughs> but you the, look at coaching staffs down? though, they have some weird titles. I know the offensive production, you can't hire a coach specifically for that in the red zone, but but it does come Maybe down. Th- it does Santa, come down to coaching. Santa will grant any wish, Ryan. We uh, we'd like to announce the hiring of our uh, red zone coach. Okay. So <laughs> I'm with you guys. I I would want a new quarterback coach, and I'll tell you why. I went through just the Pac-12. There's only three coaches in the Pac-12 at the quarterback coach that did not play quarterback in college. Out of 12 schools. Wait, say that again? Out of 12 schools. Can you talk a little slower for peace over here? <laughs> the whole Pac-12. I went through all the coaching staffs. Only three of their quarterback coaches did not play quarterback in college. That was for this past season. Obviously, there's been some coaching changes and whatnot. The other two, Arizona State and Oregon. However, Arizona State coach, ten over 10 years experience, Oregon... He has 12 years experience and has developed quarterbacks over the years. And then you come to A-Rod. He's had five years as a quarterback coach. And who has he developed? Nobody? Well, now, now you're getting technical, Cameron. I mean, give me a break. Well, yeah, if you look at, <laughs> no, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, yeah. Okay, every coach has got to start out with limited experience. So I'm not knocking him for that. But that's where you look at all no, these that's other... No, wh- that's when you coach in the Mountain West Conference. Or below. You look at these other coaches, they start in schools like Weber, SUU, as quarterback coaches, and move up. Hey, you're preaching to the choir, my friend. Um, we just, you know, we, we have not seen progression. We have not seen real improvement at the quarterback position. And, uh, I mean, we even saw it this year. Uh, Troy Williams' best game came against USC now, granted. Obviously, he was dealing with an MCL, and that's obviously going to play somewhat of a factor in his his maybe his accuracy and his ability to play the position. But um, regardless to say, we have not seen the improvement. So I, I unless until we get a change, until we get somebody that knows what they're doing um, at the quarterback position, be able to coach it, I think we're just going to continue to see what we have seen for the really since Brian Johnson left. So, oh, good. I, I find it interesting, and maybe maybe there's something we're uh, unaware of here. But when you have a guy right here in our own backyard who played for the U, who played in the NFL, I'm talking about Scott Mitchell. Why would you not try to get that guy on your staff to? coach the quarterbacks who knows if the guy even wants to get into coaching you know and uh, i mean granted i i'm sure 
he he is an NFL player, and uh, he doesn't have much coaching experience either. No, he doesn't. I mean, he's got high school. He did well when he did it, but he, that's not. But I mean, the one argument we, we always just, we, have. We just killed is, a high school coach who got hired at BYU for doing the exact same thing. But the one thing, though, that we've always said is to really be a a productive quarterback coach, you got to have played that position or have years of the experience to coach it. And, and and that's where A-Rod is lacking. Now, we have seen and heard that Brian Johnson was at practice this past week. I'm sure it was he was just there for, you know, for social coaching get-together. I'm not trying to spread any fake rumors or anything like that. Well, but, but, but does that solve really any of our problems? No, but would you, let's just, hypothetically, would you be open to Brian coming back? Look, well, I, I love Brian Johnson. I loved what he did for this university, and I think he, he will, I think he's a good coach, And but we, we've been there. We've been there, we've done that, and bringing him back after a few years at uh, Mississippi State, I'm not sure. It's really just going to all of a sudden change things. I think it, it's a step in the right direction. But I think we need to stop going as, uh, taking a step at a time. We need to. Witt needs to go outside of his circle and find a guy who knows how to coach the position, pay him, and get the job done. End of story. I think this playing around with the offense that we do, Brian Johnson's in, Brian Johnson's out, Brian Johnson's in. We've done the same thing with A-Rod. He's been in, he's been out. He's been in, he's been out. See, and I think that's why I don't want to touch the OC. I, I'm, I'm fine with letting A-Rod stay as the OC for another year. But I would like to see a quarterback change, quarterback I, I, coach change. I will too. I would love I'm, it. I just don't think we're going to. I'm not. I'm. And again, I'm not. This is all hypothetical. I'm not saying anything about Johnson coming back to the staff. I will say though, I did talk to one coach on the staff in the fall, and he said that coaches are dying to come work for Kyle because of job security. No, he's pretty. He's pretty loyal. The to question his guys. is, who are those coaches? Are they coaches already within his circle, or are they guys from the Pac-12? Other other Pac-12 schools. That's a schools? good point. That's a very good point. That I don't know, but I mean, I could see a lot of Weber State coaches would love to get 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 in this uh, on this staff. I could see a lot yeah, of coaches. exactly. But I mean, you talk, you know, Riley Jensen, good friend of the program. He went and coached um, at North Carolina State, and one reason why he got out of coaching is because he hated. The fact that his career, his livelihood for his family was dependent on a head coach. Oh, yeah. Well, and in most cases, it's year to year. Exactly. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so that's a tough and way. And so I think that's why people want to come to Whittingham, because they know Utah's not going to let him go. Well, I mean, hey, you can, you can be very pathetic offensively, and guess what? Your job's safe. <laughs> well, A-Rod's a perfect example of that. Look how many times he's supposedly taken other jobs at other schools, got there, and said, oh, maybe this isn't for me. And Whittingham takes him back with open arms. I mean, it's a great point. I, I don't know. Time will tell. I Deep down, I really don't think there's a change coming, um, especially with the OC. I, I think that Whittingham has learned from his mistakes on not to mess around with pulling one guy out, putting another guy in, switching him out again. So I really think the OC's there. And I'd be shocked if 
there's a change in positions. Yeah, I don't I don't think we see anything unless, you know, somebody gets picked up by another school and moves on and and uh but I guess uh, typically we haven't seen any changes come until after Christmas. So uh, uh And, and Winningham said and if anything it's going to be after the bowl game. Yeah, so. so it'll probably be first part of January before we know anything for certain, but uh yeah, we'll stay tuned. There's there's another school of thought on this though. And I think um, it's worth talking about just a little bit. Is maybe is it is it a rod, or is it Whittingham meddling? It's not Whittingham meddling. I don't think it's Whittingham. No, I I don't know. I mean, I've heard a couple of a couple of uh, local media now take that as yeah, a, with a grain of salt. That, there's your source <laughs> that have quoted. Past players from the U saying Whittingham is too involved in the offense. I've heard from a coach's mouth, from his literal mouth, not from word of mouth, from his mouth. That's not the problem. So PK and DJ and all of these other guys who it wasn't think, either of them that I'm referring think they to. They know but. what they're saying. It uh, and I I know it's a popular opinion, but uh, um, well, it's an easy. It's an easy opinion. I don't think it's the issue. My only point to that is if they would ever come to practice, then they would know <laughs> what's going on. We'll leave it at that. All right. So Utah's traveling to San Francisco. What is it? Santa Clara. Santa Clara. Is actually where Levi Stadium is to take on the 6-6 six and six Indiana Hoosers from the Big Ten. The Hoosers or the huge Hoosers? Hoosers. I, I can't even you say can't it. even say it either. The Hoosiers. The Hoosier. Hoosiers. 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 I've Have you too, never okay. seen the movie? No, I'm too young for that. You're too, too young, young for that? I don't know, that's who, a isn't classic. it like Bill Murray's in it or something? <laughs> oh, that's Space Jam. It's not rated R, Cam. <laughs> it was before my time. It's Gene Hackman. <laughs> Lex Luthor. <laughs> yeah, I loved him in The Replacements. <laughs> Get out there and win one for the Gipper. I don't know. I'm just kind of mendling things together now. But so Utah takes on Indiana. However, you say their mascot. <laughs> let's come on, Cam. Let's do it together. Hoosiers. 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 S H. You learned that in like third grade. Here's the thing. I'm not from the Midwest. I'm. I don't talk. No, but They're you from do. Tempe. <laughs> but you do speak English most of the time. I most. Mo- I try. I try. Midwest, it's Tempe. <laughs> All right, so Indiana's coming in six and six on the year. Scott, you alluded they. I mean, they didn't really beat anybody in their conference. No, it's a lackluster opponent. I mean, granted, they come from the Big Ten. That's their only selling point. Very they, true. They are a bottom feeder in the Big Ten. They 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 won six games. Congratulations, you're bowl eligible. But uh, in those six games, all of them are against horrible teams with horrible records, and they don't have a good win on their schedule. It, it just it's there's just nothing that, to it. The only thing I will say is they went into the last game of the season having to win to be bowl eligible. Two words. Two words. Bowl eligible. <laughs> okay, so we know it's it was and it's Purdue. Purdue's not. I rest uh, my case. Okay, but they still had to go out and win that well, game. Well, that's true. They, that has to say something hey, when they for controlled a program. The, when their destiny was in their hands, they took care of it. Congratulations, <laughs> guys. 
So they did go pass that under the Utes. They did go four and five in conference. So that says something. Like what you said, the Big Ten getting a lot of recognition this season. The thing that I'm really interested with this team is so their coach leaves after the Purdue game. Uh, whether it was a forced leaving or he left on his own. I hate those forced leavings. Those are the worst. So their defensive coordinator has taken over now as the head coach. It'll be interesting to see what their offensive identity is for this game. If they keep it. I mean, I I don't, he said he's not really going to change much, but their head coach before was an offensive coach and now he's gone. So it's going to change a little bit. It'll be interesting to see what they do now. Well, I think uh, I mean they're 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 a pretty physical team. They run the ball, but they do throw the ball quite a bit. Um, now, with a head coach being a defensive coordinator, you can expect they'll have a good defense, but their offense will go to crap. And that's usually what happens in these situations. <laughs> we know from experience. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to us; we have years of experience. But uh, this really should not be a game. If if the Utes now granted, do they want to be there? Are they going to show up? It's a bowl game. It's on your schedule. You better show up. And I think they will. And as long as we show up and are ready to play, I don't think this is going to be much of a game, nor should it be much of a game. Indiana is not a good football team. In a lot of ways, Indiana is like Utah. They're Offensively, they're pretty good in between the 20s, but as soon as they get in the red zone, they are even worse than we are, but not by much in the red zone. <laughs> That's pretty bad because we were like bottom... <laughs> Five in the country, weren't we? Yeah, they, this is gonna be this is gonna <laughs> be entertaining. <laughs> uh, so who can punt more or kick it, more? It field could goals? come down to the punters or the or field goal kickers. You're right, but Scott. at least we have the Ray Guy Award winner. <laughs> a big key in the game, I think Utah can take advantage of is Indiana turns the ball over a lot. Our starting quarterback Richard Legault, that's how you say it. Uh, he threw well in in the Midwest. I think it's Legault. <laughs> Laga, uh, he threw sixteen interceptions on the year, and I know even their their defensive coordinators and other coach even talked about how they got to stop putting the ball on the ground. They they need to start creating turnovers, but they don't. And I think Utah can really take advantage of that and hopefully create short fields for the offense to put some points on the board. I don't know if we might miss Hatfield. I don't know how we're going to get those interceptions. Well, I, I think they're going to throw the ball. They're going to throw the ball quite a bit. And, uh, you know, being, we don't know at this point, but Hatfield is being rumored that he will not play or maybe he's not even a member of the team. I don't know. We're not reporting anything, but uh, there's definitely some uh, some rumors out there. Um, if he doesn't play, that uh, that puts Porter and Brian Allen as our two starters. So as much as, as, much as Indiana throws the ball. Don't forget Tyrone Smith. Yeah, I'll continue. Um, <laughs> hopefully our guys will turn their heads. Hopefully they'll be able to make some plays on the ball. I do wonder if uh, when our guys go to the doctor and you know they have them turn their head and cough, I wonder if they even turn their head, what? even when the doctor asks them to do it. What? <laughs> the only... <laughs> I don't know how to follow that up. <laughs> the only thing I Blue guess... River! <laughs> Using the whole fist there, Doc? The only thing that really has me, I guess, somewhat concerned about this team is they do like to bring in their backup quarterback as a wildcat um, type thing. 
And with our linebackers being injured and they haven't really produced well this year, maybe that's something that Indiana can take advantage of is having that mobile quarterback. So I think that, I mean, I got to hand it to Cam because we have the game plan. We kind of know what Indiana brings to the table. In my opinion, it's kind of like whatever. I don't think really. In, I don't think Indiana is a good opponent. I don't think it matters what they try to do. I think I think we're going to go out there and we're going to win handily. And by handle, I mean ten points. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I I don't think that they're going to be the best team we face all year. No, no, by no, any no, means, no. But. And 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 what you're saying is true about them. From my perspective, I am so just. I'm having the hardest time getting interested in this bowl game. Really? This matchup. Ryan, set him straight here. <laughs> I wish I could, but I'm you in the same do, boat. You do? And maybe part part of it is maybe that I've just been so busy with some of my extracurricular activities in this month of Christmas. He's been hiking Mount Kilimanjaro. <laughs> He's a world traveler. And with my job starting to pick up this, this time of year, I just haven't focused too much on the bowl game, but... Uh, we were talking before we we started recording this that there's a lot of Utah's tickets still out there to be sold for this game. I don't there's just think not there's not there's, not, not, a, there's not a buzz. There's not an excitement. Partly because, I mean, nowadays unless you're playing in like a a Rose Bowl, maybe even a Holiday Bowl, you know, or a New Year's Six or the playoff, there's just not a lot of excitement around bowl games, whether it's poinsettia. Whether it's Foster Farms, heck, even the Alamo Bowl, it's like mm, it just doesn't do a whole lot for you. There's so many bowl games, so it really, to me, it's not so much the bowl game; it's the opponent. You know, last year, whatever we had to say, we were playing BYU. There at least was some intrigue there. You don't want to lose to them, right? We know them; they they're our old rivals. And so there was at least some intrigue to that game. There's nothing. I mean, most people in our state can't even say Hoosiers correctly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like we don't even want to – there's no excitement for the bowl game, especially when weeks ago we were had an outside chance still at the playoff. We were being talked about as very likely a good chance for the Rose Bowl or the Holiday Bowl. And then we end up with – in the Foster Farms Chicken Bowl yeah, and against a bad opponent. I think maybe that's where I'm coming from, too. I mean, I am have been busy with work and different things, too, and that plays a part in it. But I think that is part of the disappointment was we were entering November. We were right there. There was talk of the Rose Bowl and even a chance of the playoffs if things fell our way. And then the total collapse was just... I mean, it was just, it just almost it, heartbreaking. It just, it just sucked the wind out of the program, and uh, the fan base is deflated. Okay, I, I'll agree. I was there with you guys after the Colorado game. But since then, it's football's coming to an end. That's why I'm excited about the bowl game. This is the last time that we're going to see a lot of these players play for Utah. Which, which is no, too bad. And I think and, that's where my excitement's coming and, from. And, yeah, being able to watch these guys one more time, yeah, that, of course that's fun. And a lot of these guys have done so much for the program, and they've given so much, and they've helped build it to where we are now. And so they've done so much. And there, there's, def, don't, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of appreciation and gratitude for what they've done and the careers that they've had. And, uh, you know, it's just... It, you put it all together, there's just not that excitement. You know, 
going to the poinsettia bowl or going to a, a an average bowl years ago was a great thing because we hadn't had that long history of going to them. Well, heck, even going back to the Vegas Bowl against Colorado State. Yeah. When we haven't been bowling in two years. That, I mean, exactly. people were excited about that. And now it's just kind of like, now it, now a bowl game is not only expected, it's 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 a must, essentially, you know, unless you've had a really bad season, because there's so many bowl games, and all you have to do is get to 500 to be eligible for one. And, you know, unless you've got a real exciting matchup, you know, like BYU-Wyoming... Hong Kong, you know, it's just, it, I, I don't think it does much for your fan base, especially when expectations were really high uh, towards the end of the season. I, I get it. I can't, I can't fault you guys. Well, on and that. then you look at, you just look outside of our game. You look at, I think outside of the college playoffs, a lot of these games are becoming meaningless. Look, McCaffrey has, yeah, choo- let, has let's, choosing. Let's talk about that. So go ahead, Ray. McCaffrey's choosing to... <clears throat> to basically stay healthy for his NFL career. Fournette he's in making, LSU. He's making a business decision. He is, which you can't fault him for that. Do you guys ag- but agree? At the, I don't know. I'm, I, I'll probably, I'll sit on the fence yeah, on this well, one. And, and I'm the same but way. It's, I mean, because... I, I'm totally for it. And here's the reason why. Because I've always had the mentality that I will never fault a kid for leaving a program, for transferring... It's their life. Oh, of it's, course. It's their body. It's their future career, whether it's football or outside of football. I'm not going to sit there and criticize. Now, I don't necessarily like how he handled it. I think maybe if he would have announced it a couple weeks ago, maybe a little bit better. And maybe he handled it better with the team, with the coaching staff, um, rather than just what was shown on Twitter. But if, he, but, if, but if Stanford was at the top four and was in the playoffs, I think he'd be playing. Oh, definitely. Oh, of course. He better be, or he's going to drop in the draft for not having, True. Yeah. not being there for his team when they need him in a, in a big moment. Here's the problem, and it, it comes with, in my opinion, that the bad side of the business side of collegiate athletics is you've got you've got a kid. The reason he's not playing is because he's playing in a podunk, non-important Sun Bowl game. Nobody cares if his, if he wins. Great. If he doesn't win, great. Nobody cares. His whole fan base, I mean, well, this is coming from Stanford, who doesn't even have a fan base, <laughs> but they people aren't going to care one way or the other. I mean, look at Fournette down at LSU. I mean, he it's, it's a little bit different because he hasn't played in half their games anyways, but uh, again, if you're playing in the playoff or you're playing in a Rose Bowl or some big bowl, these guys are not going to be sitting out, but it's because we've got so many bowls and everybody gets a participation trophy that everybody gets to play in one, and these ki- these kids don't care. And, you know, if I was in their situation, I'd do the exact same thing. In three months, I'm going to have an opportunity to sign a million-dollar paycheck, and I'm not going to get it messed up or have it ruined because I get to go play in a Sun Bowl. Well, when you look at it, I mean, look, NFL GM scouts, they will drop a guy or give him less money for the littlest things. Look at Devontae Booker. He was he fell in the draft because there was questions about his knee. Mm-hmm. So I, can, I I'm with you guys. I can't fault him. It will be interesting to see what this does with college football. Yeah, because I think that actually this will show how much power the players actually have in the NCAA. Well, and they've got it. And but but I think what you're going to see is I think it's you're going to continue to see almost just I hate to say it, but almost 
I think, a downgrade in product. I mean, you're going to have kids that are, now it's going to be the popular thing unless your team's playing for a national title, and that's four teams out of the entire country. A lot of kids are just going to hang it up because it's not worth it. And, and again, that's very personal, and that's nobody should be criticized for making that decision. But to, but how that's going to affect the game of college football, I think it's not going to be helpful for it. I think it's going to – I mean, who's going to, you, if you were going to tune in to watch the Sun Bowl, it was basically to watch Christian McCaffrey run. Now with him out there, I mean, as a big-time football fan, I have zero interest to watch that game, and they're in the Pac-12. So it's, uh, I think it's definitely going to have an effect on the game long term, but uh, I don't know. That's just my opinion on it. I agree. So it will be interesting to kind of see what happens, uh, like what you said, with the business side of college football and really college athletics, like you said. Uh, before we kind of move, move away from this football game, let's go ahead and make our picks for this game. So Vegas right now has it as a seven-point uh, spread for Utah. As I will go first with my score. I think Utah is really going to control this game, and I think they win 30-14. to 14. Ryan? I think this it's going to be bigger than 7 in, for Utah. I, I'm going to go... I picked I picked 40 and above a few times for Utah this year, and it never worked out for me. But I'm going to go... Uh, so don't stop now. I know, right? I'm going to go 45-17. And Scott? I'm going to go 37-17 for the Utes and Indiana Sacks. And then just kind of to finish off the season, so as you know, we all have always picked kind of the three Pac-12 games of the week. Scott is the winner this season. He cheated. Uh, he went 26-10, and and then Ryan and I tied at 24-12. and That's a win streak. Whatever. Better luck next year. Do I get a, Do I get to lead the parade now? You da, and Travis da, da, Wilson. Da, 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 do I get a da, da, da. Do I get a blazer? All right. And before we go any further, we give a shout out to our great sponsor. We're brought to you by Farmers Insurance for protecting your home, vehicle, and family. Look to Farmers Insurance. Call Scott Omer at eight zero one three zero seven four zero four six. All right. So basketball season is kind of in full swing. Utah basketball. They're they're showing well. They haven't really had. Too tough of a schedule is the only problem. No, the RPI, RPI, I believe, as of this morning, um, was about one. Uh, was it one? I think one fifty nine. I don't have that right in front of me, but it was. It's not good. Let's put it that way. Um, but it doesn't help when you've got uh, the only two uh, good, incredible teams on your schedule. You've lost to, so that doesn't do us any favors. But you know, young. Kind of young and inexperienced team, but uh, you're seeing a lot of progress from the Utes. Early on, they just kind of look like a, kind of a hodgepodge group out there. And uh, they're starting to get together. Last game, uh, when uh, both Colette and Bearfield were eligible and played. Now, granted, this was against Prairie View, Methodist, A&M, Central. Um, yeah, I, called it, I kept calling them Little House on the Prairie University. Yeah, I mean. Because they I think, played like it, too. I think Laura Ingalls was out there shooting threes for them. Their tallest guy was like 6'9", I think, and he got early foul trouble. They didn't have any low post presence. Colette looks good, though. He looks a lot better than I, I, quite frankly, anticipated. He's solid with the ball. He's got good fundamentals down low. 
and he's going to help our re- our lack of rebounding from the five position. Um, Bearfield. I was excited to see Bearfield. Bearfield can shoot the ball. But the thing that excites me the most about this team is I know there's been a lot of concern and almost some frustration with how recruiting has gone and who we're bringing in. But I'm not sure we've seen really ever uh, a backcourt that's got the speed that the Utes currently have. With, uh, I mean, you've got Bonham, and we know the speed he brings to the table. JoJo is blazing fast and he kind of came out of nowhere with that speed yeah he 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 uh, he he brings a lot to the table as far as just getting the ball up the field up the court excuse me the field up the court fast and now you bring Bearfield in you've got three guys in the backcourt who bring so much speed and I think this is the one change the the thing that's positive that I really like that we've seen um with Larry and and this program is they are they are making it a focus even on made shots, defensive rebounds, they are they are turning everything into a fast break. And with the speed that we have, it plays into our favor because we're pretty good at the fast break. Running it, getting some open shots and some easy looks instead of having to set up an offense and uh, and try and create an open shot. So I, I think uh, from the team that we've seen early on to what we're going to see in, this Hawaii, in, the, in Hawaii in this tournament – and obviously through conference play, uh, it's quite a bit different. The one thing that I've noticed is they're really prone to turnovers. That, that If that continues, that's going to really hurt in Pac-12 play. And they and their three-point shooting is, is not that great either. Yeah, I mean, I think we do turn the ball over a bit much. Um, and hopefully, the, I think things will get settled down a little bit. But uh, rebounding should improve. Which we've we, we've actually been doing pretty well, but I think part of that's just due to the light schedule that we've had. But so the Utes should win the Diamond Head Classic here. I mean, they're they're not going up against a murderous row here of uh, of talent. Uh, Tulsa, Stephen F. Austin, San Diego State, pretty good program. Southern Miss, San Francisco, the Utes, Illinois State, and Hawaii. So so look for the Utes to ho- hoist the trophy on Sunday, December 25th, which happens to be Christmas. So to those teams that you've listed, Scott, yeah, hopefully Utah, if they don't win, they at least, you know, get pretty close to winning it. But you'd hope they do. For RPI's sake and uh, for uh, what's coming up in the, the conference schedule, yeah, we're uh, hopefully they can win that, get some momentum heading into conference play. But, I mean, you look at uh, – you look at – what UCLA's doing, what Arizona's doing, Oregon, um, Oregon, USC, USC's undefeated still. Um, so there's 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 some good talent uh, in the league. So the Utes are going to have their work cut out for them this year. And kind of talking about that. So if you have seen on uh, social media and on our website at utahmanpodcast.com, we are doing a power poll of the conference, so one through twelve. And the cool thing about it is we have voters from all over the conference in this. So it's not just, you know, you're not getting the Utah bias, just the three of us voting. We have multiple voters from all over the conference, so you really are getting what I think is an unbiased, true power poll. So check that out. It gets released. We release it on our website um, every Monday, kind of afternoon at utahmanpodcast.com. All right, Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drum and Feather. That's Drum, the letter N, Feather. And Scott? 
Uh, you can find me at Uteman underscore forever. Uh, that's Uteman underscore forever. And if you're in Hawaii, it's the same address. And you can catch me in this podcast at Utah Man Podcast. And as well, always go to our home at utahmanpodcast.com. We put up all our episodes, and we put up that power poll that we talked about. I'm um, just kind of give you guys a heads up. So after the bowl game, probably after the new year, we're planning on doing uh, one podcast to kind of recap the whole season. Uh, we should have a special guest on that. We can't announce it yet. It's not official, uh, but that should be coming. It's going to be a lot of fun. You don't want to miss it. Uh, we'll be live, so we'll probably invite people down. All right, so that will do it for us, and go Utes. Merry Christmas, and go Utes. Merry Christmas to one and all. We'll be till I die. Kai-yai. And to all our friends in Hawaii, Meli Kaliki Maka. We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah. Oh, targeting on BYU player. I believe Shut it was up. Hannigan. Or Hanneman. He's, he got kicked yeah. out against the Utes as well. Just so you're aware, we're watching the BYU uh, uh, Mountain West Conference Bowl. And uh, so a little play-by-play there. <laughs> oh, that is... Na- that's not even close. And he gets up saying that wasn't targeting. That he should be suspended for next season for that one. What a punk. Wow. Yeah. I asked you a question. Sorry, I was I'm just joking. I was enthralled by BYU's trash-talking abilities. You just said it's 7.15 there right now. Yes. It's 10.15 here. Okay, so what time, three hours. What, time, what time in Hawaii at 6 o'clock is it here? Three. <laughs> no, it is not. Okay, <laughs> no, no, no. Because look, in Hawaii, you go back one hour. It's 6.15. What time is it here? One hour from from here. 9.15. It'll be 9 o'clock. Thank you. 9 o'clock start time. Thank you. Wait, what? No, it won't. Yes, it will. Ryan. You got to still go in the same time. What time is it in Hawaii? 7 o'clock. What time is it here? 10 o'clock. Go one hour. Hawaii so 6, six so one o'clock. hour behind here is 9. Oh, I was thinking it was 6 p.m. our time. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Me too. I'm going to bed. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> if train A left the station at 3 p.m. and train B left the station at 2 p.m. Uh, and funny. one was traveling at 80 miles an hour. <laughs>